0: Hello, and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined by Brian Navarrete. It's uh, week 12 of the football season, and it's week one of the postseason. So really exciting stuff. The by district round is here, and it's going to be getting underway pretty quickly. We've got a pretty big slate of Thursday games, and the game's run all the way through Saturday. Hey, Brian, how's it going?
1: It's going well. Exciting stuff going on. You know, some coaches might say this is the third season of the year. For you, you start in preseason, you get into district, and now you're in the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. This show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. We've got some good stuff from you, including an interview around the midway portion of this podcast uh, with Lubbock Cooper head coach Max Catwinkle, The Pirates squeaked into the playoffs, and uh, they've got a pretty interesting matchup coming up with Dumas. We'll talk about that game a little bit uh, down the stretch. Uh, But first, you know, just a couple of the games that stand out. One of them stands out just because we've seen it played one time before, and it features the only Lubbock area team to finish the regular season ranked in the AP poll, which is the final AP poll until after the state championship games. Um, Number eight in 4A, Lubbock Estacado, which is nine and one, going up against Mountain View uh, from Clint, a suburb of El Paso, which is four and six, and uh, Mountain View came to uh, Lowry Field earlier this season because both teams were in small districts. I think it was a Week Six game, maybe it was Week Seven, uh, but Mountain View came in and uh, Estacado handed it to them forty-two to nothing. Now, of course, they're going to neutral site. Mountain View isn't going to have to travel seven hours this time to to get to the stadium. And, I, and I'm wondering if that's going to have um, any impact on this game, Brian, as, as both the, these teams head for a uh, 7 p.m. kickoff Thursday at uh, Pecos High School.
1: I think at this time of the year, you're already well-traveled on both ends. Um, you, you've had to take these long trips. Look at Estacado going to San Angelo. Uh, I think that was a, a big game for them, having to travel that distance. And uh, both teams are well-traveled, as we said. And they're, it's going to be a good game overall. Uh, Estacado having seen in Mountain View already and handing them a pretty big loss is going to be beneficial. But in games like this, you can't get ahead of yourself, and I think that's kind of what you start preaching in practice: is yeah, we beat them forty-two to zero the last time, but we can't go in there expecting to win. We got to keep playing at the level that we were before, you know, uh, this all or before that game even happened, and even after it happened. But yeah, I think the name of the game for Estacado is don't underestimate uh, your opponent, even though that was a big win
0: absolutely i mean well, i mean we're talking about uh, seven possessions in, in the game um you know i don't know if they're going to be challenged but i think i think this is you know we talked a lot about coronado and low bar syndrome well estacado didn't really have it last time i uh, don't see a reason for them to have it this time but it would be a bad sign like if they come into this game and, and think they're just going to mow over the lobos uh because a lot can change in five weeks
1: yeah a lot can change and uh Yeah, I think if I'm sitting over there at Estacado as part of the coaching staff, like I said, name of the game is uh, don't underestimate your opponent and keep the energy high. Like you said, low bar syndrome. So keep the energy high. Come in uh, playing just as strong as you were when you were sitting back in district and, uh, you know, finishing that out 4-0 or 3-0 rather. And uh, just keep playing at a high level because if you hit a low at any point in the playoffs, you know, it becomes that much more tough for you to get to the next level. But... This is a good one for Estacado, you know, uh, pulling this one, um, you know, because like you you mentioned, they've seen this opponent before. They've played him.
0: And then one last thing on the Matadors before we move on away from this game, Uh, Marcus Shaver said that they desperately needed a bye week. Uh, Of course, their bye week came after they finished the regular season uh, with their 9-1 record. They had week 11 off. Would you be worried at all, you know, this this is a team that will enter the game having not played football in, in 13 days?
1: I wouldn't be worried. I always enjoyed the bye week because it allows you to kind of lick some wounds and also prepare more thoroughly for your next opponent. Um, They probably didn't find out who their next opponent might be until later in their bye district week. But I think, uh, yeah, it just gives you some time to rest up. I know personally I always enjoyed it. Um, The one thing I hated about it is the coaches ran us a little bit more, but (laughs) – Anytime you get a little bit of extra time, you know, you got to put in that extra little bit of work. Uh,
0: another team that got pretty close to being ranked at the end of the regular season is Coronado, which had a perfect record. Uh, with, the, with the vote count that they got, I believe that they finished what you could call 12th, although the, the AP poll stops counting at 10. Uh, I didn't know how fair that was. Uh, you know, I think there are some teams in there uh, that don't stack up well with Coronado. I'm not saying, like, Coronado's number one, but, like, I think that Coronado's a, a really good football team uh, as they head into their Friday 8 p.m. game against Canyon Randall at Randall's Kimbrough Stadium?
1: I was impressed by the Mustangs all year long. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure if you're Seth Parr, you're telling your kids, don't worry about the rankings. You know, <laughs> they know who they are. They found their identity early, and they just continue to pour it on throughout district. And they're 10-0, and 10-0 and in 5A, and, and a tough district, I think, so... I think Coronado's playing some of its best football right now, and they got a good game coming up with Randall.
0: Yeah, more, more than that, you know, just the last week, you know, their Thursday game at Abilene Cooper for the true district championship. Oh, man. That, that was exciting. Really. I mean, like there were three lead changes in that. I think there were four tied scores, and, uh, and Gage Urias hits a game-winning field goal with like three seconds left, and then uh, Cooper tried some hook and ladder and didn't really go anywhere, and that's the way the game ended. Um, how much would a game like that do you think – help a team as it gets ready for for Randall? Because Coronado really had its way with pretty much every opponent uh, it faced all season and then ran into Cooper and had to play a three-point game.
1: Yeah, I think that game was very good for um, Coronado just because it shows the resiliency and it shows that they're not going to lay down and give up. They're going to fight to the very end, and that's exactly what they did. Gay Judeas hitting that field goal towards the end was huge um then just being able to come out with that win was big for that team in general and i think it created a lot of momentum yeah i think uh coronado beat Randall earlier this year 27 to 7 so here's another team that's looking at a familiar opponent
0: yeah always interesting in in west texas 5a since there are only really two districts out here without having to travel to uh, el paso or or more centrally west texas and uh you get, you get rematches a lot, you know, just like uh, kind of uh, Estacado Mountain View being kind of far out 4A schools, you've got it on this level. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, Randall started the year kind of on on shaky ground. Uh, like their games were really close. Um,
1: Except for that second week when they played Monterey. Monterey blew them out 42-16. to 16.
0: That's right, and that was a really uh, interesting thing. But Randall is 6-4, and four, and it's played most of its opponents fairly close.
1: Yeah, especially Lubbock Cooper, another District Four Five A opponent. Twenty-two to seventeen, they won that one over Cooper. But other than that, it, it, they played some pretty close games. Like you said, um, they don't seem to be a team that puts up gaudy numbers or anything. But they have shut uh, they shut out Duro in their last district game. Yeah, Uh, 24 to 0 so they're coming in with some momentum too
0: yeah i think this is a a game where you need to uh, have a fast offensive start and you saw what happened last year when when uh, seth parr went up against his old caprock team caprock was just able to hang around and hang around and it took everything coronado had to get out of that first round of course then they went to the third round
1: yeah um i think coronado just in the last two years has been a team that has shown off that resiliency and I, I foresee them going pretty deep again this year, or at least you know it's the same level.
0: And then I think this is the most interesting game uh, on the slate, regardless of classification. I think that it's uh, ripe for or prone to an upset. Uh, you've got nine and one Dumas, which has to travel to six and four Lovett Cooper, and. I think that the Pirates have been playing their best football the past couple of weeks. I, th- I think that they really turned a corner in spite of their loss to Monterey in Week Ten just two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I think uh, in terms of you know Lubbock Cooper, I think that them having to play through District Four Five A has made them better. Um, like you, like we'll talk about later with uh, Coach Catwinkle, uh, they've dealt with a lot of adversity. And sometimes that makes some of your younger kids grow up faster. We've seen Brendan Mel really uh, come into form. He's phenomenal. In these last couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, I, I think Lubbock Cooper is set to <laughs> upset Dumas, if you can call it an upset.
0: Right. I, I think that it, I think they match up pretty well. Dumas's sole loss came at Lowry Field to Estacado, uh, you know, for a Division One, um, and really it was it was about just blowing them away early, uh, that's that's what knocked out Dumas. And then they came, they came back the next week and, and blew away Lubbock High with a fast start. I think that, um, you know, obviously starting fast is, is great for any team, uh, but for whatever reason that seemed to uh, affect Dumas. They got really knocked out of their rhythm. Uh, and it, it, it took it, it took them a while to, to break through on the scoreboard, if I'm remembering that game correctly. I think that was in week three. Uh, but Estacado really had their way with them that night uh and cooper i think it's a similar team like they run a similar offense i don't know if you can say that cooper's uh receivers are more athletic although we'll ask coach catwinkle about that than estacados but there's some real talent I, I think that their perimeter game especially on offense is is very good
1: i think so i think they i think they do have some threats andrew Simnocker, um Zykeith campbell which we'll talk about later has come back and mm-hmm. he's he's Coming an X factor for them,
0: I think. Absolutely, and Cole Carter can—he's playing Carter. virtually every single receiver position and moving in motion, coming and taking sweeps. He's—he's—he's he's, he's been awesome since they—they uh, they, uh, took him out of the quarterback experiment and committed to Mill. He's thriving at receiver, just like he was last year.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like you had mentioned, starting early and throwing Dumas out of its system is really key in this. And Estacado was able to do so. And um, Cooper defensively, I think, might be maybe uh, not quite as athletic but on the same level if that makes sense mm-hmm.
0: and now one more note really like Dumas quarterback Nick kingtonia uh, he's a dual threat he's 62 198 i think that the key for the pirates in this game is going to be trying to contain him uh, fortunately i think that their defensive front is pretty good
1: i agree and i i, I think um when it comes to cooper they have been uh, pretty sound up front like you had mentioned and uh they might be suffering a little bit in the secondary, but, you know, we might just uh, talk about that with Coach Kat.
0: And with that, we bring in Coach Max Katwinkle from the Cooper Pirates. All right, now we're joined by Lubbock Cooper head coach Max Catwinkle and, and, Coach, you know, obviously it feels great to be in the playoffs. Uh, can you just give us your thoughts on, on, on being at this level? Um, you know, it, it took a lot to get to this point.
2: Did, uh, you know, really proud of our kids uh, having to co- overcome some, some key injuries throughout the season. And, uh, you know, um, we've always talked about how, how strong we felt our district was. And, and that held true, I think, uh, just some really quality teams in there. And so uh, to be able to, to fight through that stuff and uh, make the playoffs, that's a, that's a real good feeling
1: understood coach uh Dumas has played one of uh, the local teams in Estacado how much does that film kind of help you guys prepare for them
2: well it helps you know uh they've also played love of kai so which which kind of gives us uh you know uh kind of just a measuring stick I guess and uh get a look at what they did to get them it always helps you know uh seeing film from a, a common opponent so that that was helpful and then uh then you look at the Estacado film and kind of see what they did to have success against them and, you know, hopefully you can uh, make some of their things that they did successfully work in your system.
0: Right. That served as doom as his only only loss of the regular season. Um, do you see any similarities between um, your your athleticism and, and Estacados? Are, are you all on the same page kind of, in, you know, especially out on the perimeter, you know, both offensively and defensively?
2: Uh, you know, Estacado uh, is a a really uh, talented football team, and um, I you just you know I, I don't know if so much as you look at their athleticism against Dumas, but uh, you you really kind of have to focus on more of uh, Dumas's personnel and how you feel like your guys match up with them, and um, you know I think I think our guys do match up well with them. They're they're very very talented and and well-coached football team, very physical, aggressive. But, uh, you know, whereas uh, we didn't feel like athletically we matched up well with some teams in our district, I think we can match up with, with Dumas. Uh, not to say that they don't have great athletes and aren't a really good football team, but uh, I think the matchups are a little better for us
1: kind of in scouting and looking forward to Dumas um what do you kind of see from them in terms of strength so how do you think or what is it that you kind of expect to see from them
2: well I think you got to start off with uh just their coaching staff is uh, uh one of the best in the business and you can tell that they from everything they do on both sides of the ball they're very well coached very fundamental football team uh number two is they're, uh, to me, they kind of remind me of an old-school football team, uh, not, not so much in what they run, but the way they play. They're very physical. They're very aggressive, strong. Uh, they do their job, and, and they don't beat themselves. And so, um, you know, uh, that, that's kind of, to me, is, a, is one of the biggest compliments you can play or you can pay a, a, a team is that they, they play the game the right way, and they're very physical.
0: How big is it to just have a home game at this point of the season, and, and how did that come about?
2: Well, it's man, it's nice always to get to play uh, another football game at your home stadium, and especially a playoff game. That's uh, it's a cool experience. Uh, uh, you know, two years ago we lost the flip and uh, went up to their place and played a by district game, and uh, so basically it's a two-year agreement if uh, you meet up two years anytime in that two-year time period then uh they've got to come back down to your place so that's that's why we're playing them at home this week I'm sure they love that ah uh, well I didn't love it a whole lot that first time so uh you know it's uh turnabout spare play right
1: <laughs> um coach uh, I know in during district you guys were a little bit banged up so what's kind of y'all status now you got some players coming back
2: well, we're, we're still pretty banged up. Uh, you know, uh, our, we're, our safety position has uh, uh, been banged up all season with Hunter Gantt. He and uh, Jake Kirkpatrick have been, uh, you know, very limited for most of the season. Uh, they're they're uh, pretty much a game time decision for us, but they're going to, you know, obviously they're seniors and they're going to do their best to, to get into this game. Uh, of course, Eli Boyd is out at running back for the season. Zachy Campbell is back. He's getting a little better every week. He's still not 100%. So we got some key injuries still, but uh, kids are doing their best to, to work through them.
0: This has been Coach Catwinkle from the Cooper Pirates. Hey, Coach, thank you so much for spending some time with us.
2: You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: And here's an interesting one. I always love these games, Texas high school football playoff games that are played in other states. You've got Seminole, which is nine and one, going out to uh, Portales, New Mexico, uh, to play at Eastern New Mexico University against three and seven Dalhart. And real quick, I, I think where we're leaning in this game. Uh, but you know, Seminole really impressed me, winning District Four, Two A Division One uh, with Sweetwater and Monahans. Obviously, Sweetwater knocked out uh, Seminole in the postseason last year, as well as took their district championship away. Seminole responded with a, a, a vengeance this year. Uh, their sole losses to Love Kai. And when you look at their body of work since then, it's kind of surprising that that happened.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, what really affected them at the beginning of the year, and, um, you know, I was talking to one of the coaches and some of the radio guys out there, is that uh, they didn't have your traditional uh, scrimmages. You know, they had one canceled on them. So they were one week, or almost one week behind. So in that first week, it's almost like you're trying to catch up to everybody else. And that might have affected them. But since then, Seminole has been a different team. Uh, that game against Sweetwater, talk about last-minute you know, decisions. You know, when we look at the Coronado game, they almost mirror maybe that game. And it really came down to the wire, but they pulled it out. And they beat some pretty impressive teams along the way. I thought Monahans was going to be uh, another big contender in that district. And they were. But Sweetwater and Seminole were definitely the two teams to beat in that district. And when they faced off, Seminole was able to come away with that win. And now they get to play at Eastern New Mexico. That, that's got to be fun.
0: It's got to be interesting. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a great recruiting tool for Eastern New Mexico University, too, a Division II school in the uh, Lone Star Conference, along with West Texas A&M and uh, a couple of other local schools. I, I think that they're going to love that. It looks like it's a really nice stadium, too. I think it opened this season, a little 4,000-seater. Uh, has a really nice press box, so I'm really excited to get up for that one and just cross the state line. I don't think I've been out of Texas like in a year and a half, so it's going to be nice to, to spend like, you know, five hours out of the state, I guess, before <laughs> I come back. But it's always interesting uh, when you when you have uh, these uh, West Texas teams, you know, especially when it's uh, a Lubbock team versus an El Paso area team how like places like artesia new mexico and Portales, new mexico makes sense as neutral site locations i guess for dalhart and seminole it's just the fact that seminole is so centrally located within like the lower lowest part of the panhandle almost you could make an argument it's in the permian basin and in dalhart so far west you know touching nearly colorado and oklahoma you know those those places are only like 20 miles away from it um so it makes sense for them to just since they're so far west, it makes sense for them just to continue down west and meet in Portales, and I think that's why the game is being played there.
1: Yeah, I'm a little jealous that you get a nice press box and I'm going to be up in the chicken wire in Pecos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brian only says that because he played Pecos high school football.
1: <laughs> I know what the press box looks like there. It's not going to be a cakewalk.
0: <laughs> one last game. I think this one might be the most exciting of all of them, and it's not just because their records are identical. Uh, it's just – the fact where they finish the season is both, both on very high notes. You've got Monterey going up to Amarillo to play a virtual road game against uh, Amarillo High at Dick Bivens Stadium, which is a really nice stadium in its own right. Um, but both these teams, I think, finished pretty strong in their respective districts. Uh, Amarillo only loss was to, to Dumas within District 3-5A play. Uh, and both these opponents uh, share a common loss to Odessa High. Uh, Monterey lost to Odessa in week one. Amarillo lost in Week Two, and they've turned it around a bit since those those junctures of their season.
1: Also, uh, they share a common opponent uh, district, or not district opponent, but Our oppo- Monterey had played Lubbock Cooper in district play, and Cooper beat um, uh, Amarillo High in Week One. Mm-hmm. It was a close win, but still, uh, they share another common opponent. Um, Monterey, I, I think, is. In their last game that they played, they really showed off what they can do offensively and defensively. And I think they came away with a good win to end district. So uh, I think coming into this one, you know, Monterey is hungry for another win. I
0: think so too. And, and I, I think that um, their offense has clicked. I think early this season, it, they, there were some issues, you know, they, they weren't that good uh, running the football. There were a lot of drops. There are still some drops, but I feel like Brylon Lawson Young's chemistry with the receivers has has really gone to the next level, uh, and they're definitely capable of blowing people over the top. I don't think that they, I don't think that anyone can can stop them. You know, whether they were to like play Alito, I think that they could still get over the top on those guys. It's just a matter of um, you know everything else. But like in, in that specific regard, I think they do well. I think Brylon Lawson Young has been huge in the running game, and I think that uh, Ty Williams and Demontarius Lacy have really stepped up at running back and uh, never thought there was really an issue with their defense.
1: No, neither did I. Um, Monterey, uh, they used to play Amarillo and District, so I think Coach Hutch and them really know what to expect out of these, this team. Um, played them two years in a row, I believe, when they were back in 6A together, so I think they'll be pretty uh, well prepared in terms of you know, what, knowing what to expect.
0: I'm sure we'll predict these shows on the uh, Lone Star Varsity pregame show, which comes out on Facebook Live. Uh, in the hour of 7 o'clock on Wednesday. don't want to get too specific there because there are a lot of variables there, but we're really excited to pick these games. Might even uh, pick some state champions too. Who knows? Uh, Really appreciate you guys coming by to hang out with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Once again, this show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by A.J. Media. Talk to you soon.